What is going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Masculine Health Solutions Podcast, where we talk about all things related to men's health, organization, personal growth, and of course, male enhancement, taboo subjects, anything related to men's health, be it mental health, physical health, spiritual health, all that good stuff. And I'm your host, CJ Rodriguez, online coach who helps people go from fat to fit. First and foremost, I hope you guys are doing spectacular. I hope you guys are ready for another great episode where I had the honor and the pleasure of interviewing Jim Marshall. Now, Jim Marshall is a polymathic scholar who has devoted over 50,000 hours to the study and practice of multiple dimensions of human potential and development. He received a classical education as an honor student at a Jesuit military prep school, was accepted into engineering school while still a junior in prep school, attended college on an academic scholarship, graduated college with a Bachelor of Science cum laude. While still an undergraduate, he began to study alternative arts and sciences, which today would be described as transformational and holistic. Eventually, he became a professional practitioner and after 28 years of formal education, had a long career as a human development engineer. Jim has integrated the best aspects of the most advanced techniques on the planet, expanded the limits by his own research and discovery. He has successfully treated and or trained hundreds of clients over a 40 year career. And it is, and he is the inventor of Septemics, several consciousness expanding systems, which include his areas of expertise, which are psychology, philosophy, theology, parapsychology, science, engineering, mathematics, law, literature, history, metaphysics, military science, and so much more. And the reason why I found that this is very relevant and something that I think is very captivating is that he basically goes in depth onto how we can basically break ourselves down as humans and see where we are lacking, where we basically need to develop ourselves to get ourselves to our full potential, which is why I I found it very, very intriguing and something that is relevant in regards to health, men's health, right? Because if we want to develop ourselves to the fullest, well, we kind of got to know what's wrong with us in order to begin. So I found this very, very captivating and I think it's a great podcast. And again, let me know in the comments what you guys think or you guys can always answer the questions in the Spotify side of things. If you're on that platform, just hey, you know, give me a comment. Let me know what you guys think. And again, if you guys are looking to get into the best shape of your lives, be sure to send me a DM. All the links are always in the description. And again, all your favorite PE equipment, all that good stuff, you know, be it the gel to grow balm, or if you're looking for a hang, be sure to check out the links in the description. Great way to support the show. And again, I hope you guys look forward to getting a lot out of this show and applying it to your lives. All right. Well, without any further ado, let's jump into Septemics with none other than Jim Marshall. All right, let's jump on in. Before we get started, one more thing. If you want to get any PE gear, be sure to check out TotalManShop.com. That is TotalManShop.com. And use the promo code MHS2020. Promo code is MHS2020. And get 12% off. Be sure to check out their wide variety of all kinds of good quality PE equipment. All right. And that's promo code MHS2020 for 12% off. And the website, once again, is totalmanshop.com. 
is going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Masculine Health Solutions Podcast, where I'm joined by Jim Marshall, a man who knows a thing or two about human engineering. But first and foremost, how are you today, Jim? Hi, CJ. Good to see you. Hey, man. It's an, it's awesome to have you here. And like you were talking about, one of the things that you know intrigues me at a personal level is human psychology. You know why we do what we do, why we think the way that we do, and and I kind of want to jump into that with you today and learn more about the system that you created and about human engineering, if that's not, if that's correct. Well, human engineering was my career. I was a human development engineer. Um, so the story really started when I was 16, when I was accepted into engineering school. And of course, I thought at that time that I was going to be engineering physical things. Mm -hmm. uh, like electrons or airfoils. But uh, by the time I had my bachelor's degree, I realized I wanted to engineer the human psyche because that's the area of greatest mystery and the area in which we are failing miserably. 95% of the problems in the industrialized world because people don't understand people, don't understand the wife, don't understand the boss, don't understand the son, right? That's why we elect idiots. To represent us, because <laughs> we don't understand people. Now, uh, you use the word psychology. This is much bigger than psychology. Mm -hmm. Psychology is a sort of a psychological component to this. And I actually tried for many years to fit what I was doing into the, into some pre-existing framework. And I can tell you it can't be done. So to make a long story short, I had a long career as a human development engineer working one-on-one -on -one with hundreds of clients for cumulatively thousands of hours. And I started to notice, just incidentally, that my clients would improve in ways that were predictable to me. Now, I never told this to anyone when I made notes. And as the decades rolled by, it became clear to me that the client would be at a certain level on a certain scale that I had previously observed. And the client, as a result of our work, would go to that next level. Now, that happened thousands and thousands of times. And I just kept writing it down. Okay, now, by 1995, I had about 32 of these scales that I had just observed. There's no theory here. Okay, so... Also, I had one scale in particular that I had been using on a daily basis for decades. And I realized one day, while I was pondering a particularly difficult client, that that scale had a seventh level. It was obvious to me once I saw it. Well, I inserted it into the scale. It was obvious to me where to insert it. And when I did, the scale manifested mathematically, meaning to say all of this data jumped out at me. Uh, it went from being a scale to a plane. In other words, it was a whole body of data relative to this particular axis. Mm -hmm. So then I said, whoa, I don't know what this is, but I found something here. Because whatever this is, it's natural law. Because anything that has mathematics embedded in it, like, for example, the Fibonacci sequence, is natural law. So then I said, wait a minute. I wonder how many of these other scales that I have been developing are really seven level scales that had not been 
simply had not been developed all the way because I wasn't developing anything. I was just helping my clients in making notes. So knowing what I was looking for, I studied these scales, these very scales. And in a short period of time, each one went to seven levels. And as it did, it manifested mathematically. So after a while, I had about 32 scales that I knew at that point were natural law. And I said, wait a minute. I could go from helping people by the hundreds, which is what I had been doing as human development engineer, to helping people by the millions. If I were to put this data into a book and get it out to the general public so everybody could use this data. So then I said, okay, I have to write a book. So the first version of the book was completed in December of 95, and I sent it to colleagues of mine, all of whom had graduate degrees in a variety of subjects. And they all responded very positively. They had different responses, but they were very positive. That told me, okay, this is what I think it is, a new subject. I have discovered something here. So I spent the next 25 years of my life working on this book. And I'll tell you why. First of all, I had to discover the phenomena, which was largely done by 1995, although I did discover three more scales while I was writing the book. And also, there are a lot of other things beyond the scale itself that are important to know in order for this to be valuable to you. Mm -hmm. So there are 35 scales, each of which has seven levels. It's 245 different levels, each of which had to be ascertained, it had to be verified, and more importantly, it had to be expressed in a way that would make sense to people. Because mm -hmm. this is an entirely new subject. So the next thing was, after I had the data, I had to use that to construct a workable philosophic system. So you have to realize, as an engineer, I'm only interested in facts and results. Mm -hmm. I'm not influenced by opinions or beliefs. Everybody has them. And to engineering, they are irrelevant. Mm -hmm. So uh, it, it took 20 years to craft this into a workable philosophic system, coherent system that made sense. Then the big challenge was to express this in a way that would make sense to the average reader. Yeah. Now you have to understand that mostly in the world of science, when things are discovered, the people who discover them rarely make any attempt to convey this to the average person. And as an example, when Einstein discovered the general and specific theories of relativity, they were revealed in an academic paper. So his target audience was other mathematicians and physicists. He made no attempt to explain it to the average public. So I had a, this burden of trying to write this in a way that the average reader of English would get. And I know I succeeded because I've been seeing the results of this for 27 and a half years. When people look at this, they go, oh, oh yeah, I get it. This is not obscure. This is not difficult to understand because it's natural law. So for example, if you study Newton's three laws of motion, 
Mm -hmm. Once you study them, they almost seem uh, self-evident. It's like, well, how come nobody figured this out before? This was so simple. Well, Newton was a genius. He's the guy who was able to reduce this down to three laws. Okay, so uh, this was this was uh, a passion for me to help the average person because uh, the world is a mess and the institutions are not going to help. If you think that you're going to get helped out by the government, by the schools, by the churches, by the corporations, by the banks, etc. I'm here to tell you, you're going to be disappointed. They all have their own agendas. And they all are filled with dysfunctional people who don't know what they're doing anyway. Mm-hmm. So, so the idea is, if you can read English reasonably well, and I assume you can, and you want to improve yourself or others, this book is for you. So let me tell you how this works. Let's say you have a buddy who's having a big romance problem, right? Common problem. And you want to help him because he's a friend. Say, Joe, come over, let me show you something. And you open up the book to the scale of relationships. And he's going to look at this and he's probably going to say, you mean there's a scale of relationships? And say, yes. This relationship that's giving you all this trouble, where is it on this scale? Which of these seven levels is manifesting in this relationship? And he's going to be interested in this because you're opening a door for him. He's already having trouble, you see? And you're mm-hmm. saying, well, I might be able to help you. So here's what's going to happen. In a matter of seconds, 15, 20, 25 seconds, he's going to find a bracket, meaning he's going to throw out some levels. He'll look and he'll say, well, it's definitely not one, two, or three, because we're having trouble. And so, okay, now let's see if you can get it exactly. Why don't you just read the text? Well, he's going to want to do that because, you see, he's already making progress. So he reads it, comes back, and you say again, hey, so which of these four levels that are remaining is the one that correctly describes your relationship? And he will find it. Because he's living in the middle of this thing. See? And the book is really clear. So he'll say, well, I can see we're at level five. Now, when that happens, he'll have a realization. Michael like say, oh, that's why, boppity 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 bop, whatever it is. So then you can say, okay, let me share something. And you open up to the scale of sexuality. He says, you mean there's a scale of sexuality? Look at this. You say, yeah, you don't have to tell me, but where are you on the scale? See? So he looks at it, and again, we'll find a bracket. He'll say, well, I'm either at three, four, or five. Okay, great. See, so he threw up four levels. So why don't you just read the text and see if you can get it exactly. So he reads the text and comes back and says, well, I got it. I'm at level four. And then he'll have a realization like, no wonder we're having trouble because she's at level five, and those levels contradict one another. Interesting. See? 
So the, the beauty of this is whatever level he finds, there will always be a realization, always. That is one of the ways that you can tell that the guy found a correct level. You see, if he finds it wrongly, he won't have a realization because it doesn't click. Yeah. So it's just like when you studied the Pythagorean theorem, okay? It's fairly simple. Once you look at it, you get it. You say, oh, yeah, this is cool. I get it. I understand how this works, see? And then you've got it for the rest of your life. So that's how this works. Then you could say to him, okay, let's have you look at the scale of allegiance. Well, anytime a relationship deteriorates, it's always because allegiance has deteriorated, right? So he's going out with Mary. He cheats on her. He goes out with Gertrude. That's lowering of allegiance, right? Interesting. Yeah. So, so he's now at a lower level. So now here's the next thing about this. Not only will he have a realization when he finds that, oh, yeah, I've fallen down to level four. That's not good. Then you can help him to move up to the next level. You say, okay, look, let's see if we can get you up to level three, which is always a better state than level four on any scale. Mm -hmm. And if he tries, he will be able to get to level three because he's at level four. Now, if he were to try to get to level one or two, he would necessarily fail because it's too steep a gradient. It's like taking a couch potato and trying to make him an Olympic athlete can't be done there are too many intervening levels yeah you know you would have to first become a guy who works out and then maybe an amateur athlete you know and then maybe a competitive athlete and then they see he has to go through this process which is why crash diets and crash exercise programs don't work mm -hmm. there's always yeah. gradients there okay so i am giving you the gradients these seven levels in each scale is the gradient sequence for that subject matter. So each of these scales is a roadmap for success. Interesting. And that's for question I have first and foremost is just this is something that basically can carry over into any aspect of life by the looks it of does. it, right? It does. And it's just broken <laughs> down by different levels. And I think the biggest thing that you're kind of uh, trying to get to is that it helps you realize where you are currently, which is something that I think a lot of us try to deny, right? Myself included sometimes. Like, I'm better than that. It's like, no, you're not. <laughs> that's right. And that's why I insist never tell anyone his level on any scale, including your own. If you find you're on a certain level, don't tell that to people. Keep it to yourself. If someone wants to figure out what level you're at, they can get the book and figure it out. It's not that hard. People mm -hmm. tell you their levels. If you just observe someone, listen to what he says and watch what he does, he tells you his level. Mm -hmm. It's really miraculous. Now, let me, let me tell you, because you got into the subject of how this, this is broad, okay? Let me tell you the names of the scales, because then yeah. you'll see the subject matter, what exactly I'm analyzing in each of these scales, okay? So there are 24 individual scales and 11 group scales. These are the individual scales. The scale of basic purposes, the scale of personal influence, the scale of choice, 
the scale of permeation, the scale of thought, the scale of identity, the scale of evaluation, the scale of motivation, the scale of control, the scale of stopping, the scale of scholarship, the scale of literacy, the scale of human ability, the scale of memory, the scale of spiritual identity, the scale of mental deletion, the scale of aberration, the scale of physical fitness, the scale of justification, the scale of belief, the scale of equanimity, the scale of attack, the scale of conflict, and the scale of reaction. And these are the group scales, the scale of relationships, the scale of life spheres, the scale of government, the scale of civilization, the scale of survival, the scale of management, the scale of exchange, the scale of communication, the scale of allegiance, the scale of sexuality, and the scale of politics. Interesting. Any, any one of these 35 scales could potentially dramatically improve the life of the person. He finds what level he's at, and he moves himself up to the next level. Or he finds what level another person is at, and he can help that person go up a level, or he might just want to let it go. Let me tell you what I mean by that. Let's say you have a couple that's talking about getting married. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't it be smart for that guy to know why this woman wants to marry him? Isn't that so. an important thing to know? <laughs> right? Yeah. So, so you have to realize, you look at the scale of motivation, there are only seven basic human motivations, and all the others are just subsets of those. So you see, you're only selecting from seven. If I were to stop some guy on the street here and say, what's your wife's motivation for you? He would look at me like I was from Mars. How can I possibly know that? There are thousands of motivations. No, there are only seven basic motivations, you see? And if I showed him the scale, he would go through that process I described before where he would throw out some of them. And then I'd say, okay, read it. Here, read the book. He reads a chapter and it explains. And then he'll say, yeah, okay, I can see now. She's at level four. So let's say uh, this guy determines after he analyzes this, that she wants to marry him because she loves him. That's the highest motivation of all, level one. Okay? Mm -hmm. But maybe she wants to marry him, alternatively, because he drives a Maserati, he owns a 60-foot yacht, he flies his own Learjet, he lives in a $10 million condo, and he's the CEO of a major corporation. Okay? That's a different motivation. That's level four. Now, he might say, wait a minute, this woman is a gold digger. I don't want to marry a gold digger. I want to marry somebody who loves me. And that could, he might say, well, I'm done with her. Okay? Mm -hmm. She's not the one I'm looking for. Now, you might think he's going to be bummed out by that, but he's not. Because when he looks at that, he's going to have a realization. Oh, now I understand why she did this and this and this and this and this. And whenever you have a realization, it's a positive thing. Your mind just opened up. You just got a little smarter. So it's always positive. So it's not that you're going to be raining on his parade because he figures out that she's a gold digger and he does one right. He's going to be happy. He's going to be happy mm -hmm. about this because he saved himself a lot of trouble. See? Yeah. He saved himself from being in divorce court three years later and paying $20,000 a month alimony. See, so, now, wait, let me just finish this and then you can ask. Yeah, yeah. So you might have another guy 
who was willing to marry a gold digger. Have you noticed there are a lot of older, out of shape guys <laughs> who have a lot of money who have beautiful young wives? How mm -hmm. does that work? I'll tell you. The wife gets a mink coat, a diamond ring, a pearl necklace, a Corvette, and a credit card. So she's happy. She's got everything. Mm -hmm. right? The husband is happy because he has a 25 year old wife. <laughs> okay? So for that guy, that might be a good thing. You see? Mm -hmm. So this is very personal. It's about you figuring out what's going on in your life. And then once you understand it, you are empowered to go forward in a way that uh, is going to work for you. See, you're not going to be wandering around saying, yeah, I wonder about Mary Lou. What's the deal with Mary Lou, you know? Because you know. So I've done the heavy lifting by working out all of these gradients. Interesting. So, no. so, go ahead. Yeah, the one thing I was just kind of wondering, like, let's say if you have some type of like financial block or something, right, where you're struggling and for some reason you can't get past it. Because I hear it all the time where, you know, certain people are like, oh, you know, I'm working on this, but I feel like something's holding me back. How would it pertain to somebody in that situation where it's kind of like, okay, I got to figure out where I'm currently at and then work from there. How, how does one okay. go about assessing that and then progressing in that regard? Okay, so there are actually several different answers to that. First of all, I have to tell you, every person is at some level on every scale. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like before people knew that the world was round and revolved around the sun, you know, they it was true. They just didn't know it. See, now that we know that, that has opened the way for space exploration, for all the satellites that we have, right? You and I are talking right now through technology that was developed because things were understood. So that's the first thing. Now, you can ignore that data, the data of where you are in every scale, but isn't it smarter to use it to your advantage? Yes. Right? Now, realize that. Realize it's almost 28 years now that I've been seeing people using this material since I wrote the first transcript in 1995. And what I have observed is that any situation, problem, dilemma, difficulty of any person can be analyzed by one or more of these scales, mm -hmm. usually more than one. So it depends on what's going on with the person. What is the deal, you see? So here's how you use it. Person has some problem, dilemma, situation, whatever, right? And you look at this and say, okay, what scale makes sense? Well, some of them you're going to get right away don't make sense. But then you're going to get it down to, well, could be this, this one. So you try it and say, here, let's look at this, see? It may not click for him. You say, okay, let's look at this one. And when you look at that one, you might say, oh, yeah, now I see what's going on. You see? So it's very personal. Mm -hmm. So here's what you have to understand. The data in this book are vital for every person and can help you to achieve your goals faster and easier by explaining 
what might otherwise seem to be inexplicable or random. Interesting. So we have a guy, he's got some situation. He can't get a grip on it. He doesn't know what's going on. See, it is like, <laughs> see, it's inexplicable to him. He may even have the idea that there is no sense to this, which is what random means. But if he finds the right scale and uses it, he'll see, okay, I'm here at this level. That's why I'm having trouble. See? And then you can help him move up to the next level. Now, there is a scale of management, which universally undercuts the whole subject of management of anything, whether it's a business or not. So that could be of immediate privacy. There is a scale of human ability, which, which notices this. Where is this person in the scale of ability? See, if a guy's an amateur and he's trying to be a professional, maybe he's not gonna cut it as a professional because he's only an amateur. See, that's a pretty common situation. He's gotta, he's gotta continue to improve his skills until he's a professional, you see? It's the next level up. Mm-hmm. So you, you uh, help the person to see. Now let me explain something. The common denominator of all these scales is insight. When a person is high on any scale, it's because he's insightful in that area. When a person is back or near the bottom of any scale, it's because he lacks insight in that area. So, so this develops insight, but it also requires some insight. So if a person is at or near the bottom of the scale, he's going to have a lot of trouble using that scale. Because the reason he's down there is because he's not insightful. Mm-hmm. You see, if he were insightful, he would be at a higher level. And he might not need your help. So you have to realize that sometimes a person is at a very low level and there's not a heck of a lot you can do about it. Because yeah. even if you show it to him, he doesn't get it. And like give you an example. Let's say you know a guy, right? Every day he comes home from work, he drinks a six pack of beer, he falls asleep on the couch, right? And he gets up and goes to work the next day. Now, you've been watching this go on for a year, right? So you might say, Alfredo, let me ask you, you think you're an alcoholic? And he'll say, nah, I'm not an alcoholic. I'm working a job, right? He's in denial. Well, that is a level on a scale. The scale of thought, the lowest level is denial. It's a way of thinking about something where you ignore reality. You see? So you're going to have a hard time doing anything about that. Yeah. You see? Whereas if a guy is at a higher level, he has some insight and he, he can get it from reading the book or from you talking to him about it. And then he can say, okay, yeah, I'm at level four and I'm going to go to level three. Now, you have to understand that I have solved the gradient problem. And let me tell you what I mean by that. For 6,000 years, people have had problems, situations, dilemmas. They don't know what to do about it. That's always because they don't know the gradient. You have to get the right gradient. So I'm giving you the gradients. So once the guy finds a level, either for himself or another, the gradient tells you 
you go for the next level up and you will be able to get there. So this is very useful information. Yeah, because it seems as though you pretty much put a system together that holds a mirror up and lets people know exactly where they stand, which I think is probably a difficult thing for a lot of humans because that kind of comes into the acceptance side of things as well. It's like to your point, it's if, if I'm holding this, you know, scale up and I'm like, well, I'm about a three, but I'd rather say I'm X, Y, Z. You know, it, it, it almost seems like what you're doing is just helping people self-assess with a legit system. If, if I exactly. can, you know, put it in simple terms, right? Yes, yes. But the best way to explain this is each one of these scales is like a lens. Mm -hmm. And you hold up a lens to this phenomenon, to this area. So the way you experience the book when you read it is, it's like putting on eyeglasses and looking in the mirror. You see oh, yourself clearly. Yeah. Right? So like, as you can see, I wear glasses for anything that's close, right? If I want to get a good shave, I have to put my glasses on. Now, that wasn't true 30 years ago. I, I had excellent vision. But most people need the lens to see. And uh, so here's the way I tell people to use this, my students and my clients and such. This is a textbook on a new subject. So study it like a textbook. Start with the first line of the first page and go through it carefully, making sure you understand everything before you go on. Now, I have to tell you, there is a glossary, not only in front of every chapter, even in front of the introduction is a glossary. So I'm giving you the definitions. I'm giving you the exact definition that I'm using in that spot. Okay, so you look at it and you say, okay, I see what he means here. So it's it's very user-friendly. Uh, that's one of the reasons that people get this. A, it's natural law, which means people resonate with it because it's natural law. You know, in all the years I've been working on this, no one has ever said to me, I don't get this. It doesn't make any sense or anything like that. Usually what they say is, wow, this is cool, you know? And they immediately start using it. Interesting. Yeah, and well, I can tell you that I already know that anybody who understands this material will have an impact on society because he necessarily will use it. So let's say there's a scale of scholarship, right? Most people are parents, and most kids have trouble in school, right? So yeah. dad sees that Junior is having trouble. He says, Junior, come here, let me show you something. And he shows him the scale of scholarship. Well, the kid knows he's a scholar, so this is about him. He's going to say, you mean there's a scale of scholarship? And the dad says, yeah, where are you on the scale? See, he doesn't tell him, even if he knows. He gets him to look. Mm -hmm. And he'll throw out someone who'll get a bracket. I'll say, I don't know, maybe about three or four. Okay, well, look, let's have you read the chapter. So he's probably going to want to do that because it's right there. So he yeah. reads it. He comes back and says, oh, I can see I'm at level five. And he'll have a realization. That's why I have trouble with this and this and this. See? And then he says to the kid, now let's move you from five to four. 
and then you will be a better student. Mm -hmm. And he will, the student will be able to go from five to four because it's the next thing up. Yeah. Yeah, that's, have you found any institutions or have any institutions kind of offered to use the system as part of like uh, almost like a self-assessment process? Because I find that if, if I was, you know, if I own, had my own business or something, I'd probably want this among, you know, my, my, my workforce or, or obviously, you know, whoever is in my group, you know, just to understand the people that are working with me, right? So it's kind of like yes. whether it's a team, whether it's a, a school, whether it's a workforce of some sort, it seems like it would be wise for them to implement this. I agree. But the answer to your question is no. There hasn't been any entree into any type of group or organization. Now, let me tell you why. First of all, nowadays, most people don't read books. <laughs> of the ones who do read books, they mostly read fiction books. Mm -hmm. Right? This is nonfiction. Now, of the ones who read nonfiction, most of them are in a niche, meaning mathematicians read mathematics books, psychologists read psychology books, historians read history books. This does not fit into any pre-existing niche. I tried for many years to fit this in. It can't be done. It's a separate subject. So. Now, you have to realize, most people live in a box. You know, the guy's got his political party, he's got his religion, he's got his wife, he's got his job. You know, he's got his favorite TV show. He's in a box, <laughs> right? Yeah. What this book does is it gets you out of your box. So you have a guy, right? He's 50 pounds overweight. He's tried all kinds of things. He can't get anywhere. He regains the weight, right? So... Mm -hmm. You could come along with this book and you could use, for example, the scale of physical fitness and say, where are you? And I'll say, oh, I can see I'm down here. Okay, so you see, your target is to get to this next level up. Now, once you do that, his health will improve and then he'll start losing weight. So, uh, in general, most people have an ego thing. I am a medical doctor. I am a psychiatrist. <laughs> I am a, a priest, whatever it is, you know, and they hold on to this thing for dear life. Mm -hmm. Now that is a barrier to learning. Yeah. One of the reasons that I was able to figure this out is because I'm a polymathic intellectual. And I can tell you my areas of expertise. And if I did, you'd say, okay, now I know what you're talking about. But the point is, I know a lot about a lot of subjects. And I don't mean on a superficial level. I mean on an academic level. And so I was able to see this for what it was. So I was always the person who didn't want to be in a box. Yeah. You know, like, I am not a part of any group on earth, politically religiously, governmentally. I am just myself, an individual who has written a book that will help anybody who can read English. Mm -hmm. Because I do not operate on belief. Yeah. Belief, belief is not part of my mindset. You see, as you can see if you read the book, 
Belief is only necessary when knowledge is absent. Yeah. So if you have knowledge, you don't need belief. So for example, I know from my extensive studies of physical science, all planetoid bodies and stars, they're all spherical, all of them. I understand why they're spherical, right? So I don't believe they're spherical. I know it, just like I know that two plus two equals four. So anybody who believes that the Earth is flat simply does not have the scientific knowledge. You see? So he has a belief. My position is I don't even even hold on to belief. You know, or people sometimes say, well, you believe X or Y. I say, I neither believe nor disbelieve. Because most of the time, you don't really need to decide. Like, for example, a major influence on my life was Jesus of Nazareth. Okay? I know the Gospels very well. I'm a biblical scholar. So Mm -hmm. you can say, well, you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? I would say, I neither believe nor disbelieve. I'm not arguing with anybody. But I do know that what he taught is in my mind. And mm-hmm. I use it all the time, continuously. Yeah. Okay? I have inculcated his teachings. Mm-hmm. So people say, well, you're not a Christian because you don't go to church. Well, okay, you can say it if. But I'm actually more of a Christian than most of the people who call themselves Christians. Because if you actually look at my behavior, for example, I've been doing charity work my entire life. Since I was a boy, I'm still doing it. Okay? What, what is that about? Right? That's, that's right out of Christianity. Yep. So, so uh, belief is really a barrier to learning. And so that's not how I look at things. I look at it in terms of what can I learn from this person? See, because, uh, let me give you an example, like Bill Clinton. Everybody knows he's a very smart man. He was a Rhodes Scholar, okay? Mm-hmm. Even his worst enemies admit he was a shrewd politician. And he was pretty successful. Other than getting impeached, which tarnished <laughs> his presidency, he was pretty successful. Why did he get impeached? Because of how he treats women. That's what opened up that can of worms. So, you see, professionally, he's very astute. If I wanted to discuss politics, I would love to talk to him. But I would never want him to go out with my sister or my uh, <laughs> or my girlfriend or whatever, you know. I would say, mm-hmm. don't go around this guy, you know. <laughs> but I would take political advice from him. So what I'm saying is, a lot of people said, oh, Clinton bad. See, I don't look at it that way. Mm-hmm. Yes, I I condemn the way he treated women. But that's not the whole thing. You see? You're right. So, yeah, it's kind so, of like a no. Yeah, you, to your point about that, it's kind of like we can learn a lot of good things from bad people, right? It doesn't mean that, you know, just because they failed miserably in one thing doesn't mean that, hey, they don't, they're not a genius or not successful in something else. 
It's kind that's of like right. to your scale and to your system. That's I think why you had to divide in so many different categories is that humans aren't just good, bad, evil, good. <laughs> you know, it's there's that's a right. lot more to it. So I, I yeah. imagine that's probably one of the concepts that you live by. It's like, let's look at the factual evidence. Let's look at the data and let's say, hey, you're failing here. However, you are spectacular here. You know, on this scale, you may be a two, this one, you're a four. And that's kind of why we try to balance all these things. And I think for me, one of the things that I believe is that as a human, it's all about progression. It's all about evolution. It's all about striving to be better, right? And that's mm-hmm. one of the things that I think that is so valuable about your system is it lets us know where we're failing, but that we can actually, you know, have a system in place now to see how we can level up, so to speak. Right. And this uh, suggestion that I had, that you never tell anybody his level on any scale. This is for several reasons. For one thing, a person might find that he's at a very low level. See, he may not want to admit that he's at that level. The important thing is that he knows what level he's at because he can improve himself by going up to the next level. If he's at level six, which is a very low level, he can move himself up to level five, but he may not might not want to admit it, right? That's why another thing is when a person finds a level, as I said, he always has a realization says, oh, now I see what's going on here. So uh, if you tell him, that doesn't happen. You have to let him have the process of inspecting this. And because it's natural law, it's not hard to get. Mm-hmm. It's not hard to figure it out. So when you tell somebody something about natural law, like, for example, uh, the area for a circle. You know, everybody learns in geometry. Yeah, how to find the area of a circle. Okay, it's a formula. It's pretty simple, and uh, you could, if you really want to get into math, you could study why it's that way. But you really don't have to. You can just use it without really knowing why it's that. Mm-hmm. Okay, but that's what this is like. So these are, in essence, formulae to help you to correctly analyze what's going on in your life and in another person's life. And that is a liberating thing. A hundred percent, which is spectacular. But Jim, it was an absolute pleasure having you on today, but let us know where can we find you and where can we find your book? Okay, well, I invite your guests to go to my website, which is septemix.com, S-E-P-T-E-M-I-C-S, where you can read what many readers have said, what many journalists have written, what the reviews are. You can read sections of the book itself, and you can listen to a recorded introduction to subtopics, which tells you in, in about 15 minutes what it's about. Awesome. And, and if you do all of that, you're probably going to want to buy the book because it's available hardbound, softbound, ebook. The ebook is very inexpensive. You can dramatically change your life. Because I went out of my way to write this book in a way where you are not reliant on anything else once you have the book, except maybe a dictionary. But I would say that to every book in the world. <laughs> yeah, I've done a lot of tutoring. I would never teach anybody anything without having a dictionary. But the good news is everybody has a dictionary in his pocket now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you come to now if the word is not in the glossary, which I'm sort of trying to solve that problem preemptively, you just look it up, okay? Mm -hmm. 
But if you actually understand the words, this will work for you. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So go to my website and you can check it out. Awesome. It was an absolute pleasure having you on today, Jim. And I can't wait to hopefully talk to you again, man, in the near future about more of this subject and ex exactly why, you know, I think it's super important and, you know, it's very enlightening. And I love what you're talking about when you're looking for hard-based data and evidence, right? So love it, Jim. Thank you for coming on today. Thank you, CJ. It was a pleasure. Awesome. Until the next episode, guys. Thank <laughs> you.